This is the Couch Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Billingsley, firefighter engineer here at Couch Fire. This is our first episode where I sit down and interview Jeremy Gettler, the fire chief here at Couch Fire Department. We look forward to you getting all the episodes, so hit that subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any as we release them. We have a lot of great things planned and we appreciate your support. We look to educate the community and bring value to the fire service. Here's the interview with Jeremy Gittler, Fire Chief of Couch Fire. Here at Couch Fire, you've been a chief for the last, what, five years? Yep, start my sixth year, January 1st. Okay, and in your time here, have you, has there been a lot of changes that you've accomplished? Some of the things you want to accomplish that you haven't accomplished? Yeah, I'll say when I started as uh, being the fire chief, there were some big shoes to fill. The chief before me, Chief Suter, he was a chief for 30 years, and uh, I set up a five-year plan of things that I wanted to see get better was our personal protective gear. It was just about ready to be out of date. So set up a plan to get that all uh, replaced. And with that getting replaced, obviously there's a, a long list of other things, radios, SCBAs, which is our breathing apparatus that we put on our backs. So that way we can breathe into fires. A um, couple trucks. We had a, an old assistant chief's vehicle that needed to be updated. And a chief's vehicle, a station truck and a bunch of equipment that I saw needed to get on the rigs and pretty much made it happen within the first three years. That pace continued on and got our radios, our SCBAs, which is very costly equipment. And with the help of all of our people writing grants, we were able to accomplish some very large grants to replace all the equipment. And one of those grants was? Uh, Lucas device, which Lucas is device. a machine that we put on a patient that's in cardiac arrest and we were the first volunteer fire department in Porter County to accomplish that which was pretty cool. Um, we got that grant through a firehouse subs grant. Looks like a little fire station and we've got one up in Velpo which Velpo is about 10 miles north of us. One of our guys Kevin Sellier which is our captain and also the president of the fire department he was able to write the grant and get it. Along nice. with that, we did some AEDs through the firehouse subs and community foundation. We were able to get quite a few grants through them for some pagers, a whole bunch of other ones. Got new extrication equipment, which is like the jaws of life that we use to cut you out of a vehicle. Uh, fire hose. All of our trucks have brand new fire hose on it, which was, was needed to get replaced as well. It was getting up to that expiration date. So we were able to get that uh, replaced as well. So when did you get your first experience with the fire department? I mean, not not when you actually joined, but what was your your first interaction? You know, uh, as a kid, as a young man, um, what what's that history? Um, well, I'm a fourth generation firefighter. My uh, dad obviously was a fireman. My dad's dad and my dad's grandpa. My dad's grandpa started the fire service in the early 1900s. He was one of the founding fathers of the Dyer Fire Department over in Lake County. And my dad, my dad's dad was a fireman at Crown Point, And my dad was a fireman in Crown Point as well. Served uh, many ranks, different ranks. Started off as fireman, went to an engineer. He was the first full-time paid fire inspector. He 
went on to a captain's position, I believe, and then ultimately to uh, the fire chief. Uh, many years through my childhood, I looked up to him and thought that was really kind of cool. And I remember it didn't happen very often, but when it did, I was in a squad car with him and he'd be responding to anywhere from a car fire to a car accident, structure fire, and fire investigations. He was one of the lead guys on the fire investigation team and thought it was really cool. Obviously, as him being my dad, I looked up to him and all of his achievements. And, you know, as a, as a little boy, you look up to your dad and go, I want to be him one day. So uh, kind of here I am and following his footsteps. So Now, were, were, were any of them volunteer like yourself? Yep. Yep. Uh, he was a volunteer for 23 years. And... The last 15 of them, he was a career guy. Last six and a half, he was the fire chief. As a fire chief, he still played the volunteer role. You know, midnight calls come out, he gets up and first one there, last one out kind of thing. So what a lot of people don't understand is, or may, maybe look past or just don't see it, that Couch Fire is volunteer, 100% volunteer. 100% volunteer. Many people don't realize that. Right. We'll, uh, we'll respond to... Uh, uh, one that sticks in the back of my head is a, a CO call. And it was myself, a couple other people showed up to the call, and we found out that the hot water heater was was leaking uh, carbon monoxide due to improper ventilation. And we got talking with the resident and said, hey, uh, you, you caught us on a good day. We had quite a few guys that were able to show up for the call. And they go, well, what do you mean? You're not at the fire station? You guys don't live at the fire station? I go, nope, absolutely not. We... Uh, we come from our houses. Some of us may have been eating breakfast with our kids. Some may have been going to work, turned around just to come to the fire call. We got multiple people doing multiple roles. Myself, I'm a full-time electrician. Uh, we got guys that work in the mills that uh, really help us out on our daytime calls. One of our guys live here in town, or I'm sorry, works here in town. He's uh, one of our daytime guys and that show up to the calls. Well, as Chief Suter, he's a retired county highway. Amongst many of other things. So you're you're a fire chief and you're a volunteer. You're you're a busy guy. Mm-hmm. You're a very busy guy. You go to meetings, schedule trainings, order parts, maintenance equipment, take care of maintenance yourself. Yep. So being able to do all that, it's it can't be easy. You know, you got to have a family that understands that your time is split between you know here work and yeah. home. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I tell a lot of people it's like a second full time job. Right. I have two full time jobs. I'm a dad of a little little man husband and my wonderful wife sometimes it gets a little overbearing but you do what you have to do and you have to find balance that's the biggest thing is finding balance uh, so you mentioned on that call that you were fortunate to have uh, people at the firehouse uh, or able to respond to that call mm-hmm. now how many volunteers do we currently have here at Cal's Fire we've got 24 volunteers one of which is a chaplain of our fire department and we're, we're very unique into that. Not too many fire departments have their own chaplain. Um, Jay also serves as the chaplain for the Porter County Sheriff's Department. He responds with us to incidents that involve death, typically. It could be anywhere from a suicidal call to traumatic injury due to a car accident uh, or a house fire, somebody passing away in a house fire. And uh, not only is he there for the people, or the victim's family. He's also there for us as far as support and kind of a somewhat of a counselor to us. I remember one call, we had a, a really bad accident in Morgan Township. It was a double fatal. And 
Jake responded like he normally would with us. And after we got done extricating the, the victims out of the vehicles, we all gathered up in a circle. And I said, hey, Jake, well, let's, uh, let's do a quick prayer on the side of the road here. And we said a, a little prayer and we moved on. And that was kind of a, a big deal for a lot of us. We talk about it. And obviously, I'm still talking about it today. It's one of those unique things that he has to offer for us. And it's like getting it off your chest kind of a, a, a big deal for us and we're very lucky to have it as far as uh, other members like I say we got 24 of them some of which uh, play different roles in a firehouse you know I mentioned line officers we've got engineers um, our engineers are the guys that drive the trucks typically do all the pumping on fire scenes position the apparatus teach the the new up-and-coming members how to operate the apparatus uh, we've got our firefighters which uh, the majority of them do drive, drive and you know operate the vehicles. Now you had mentioned you had mentioned Jay, and I do plan on interviewing him or sitting down and chatting mm-hmm. with him too, because I'm sure he has some great stories, just like everybody else here. We right. want we want to introduce everybody that are all of our members here at the fire department. Try to Absolutely. get them out. And uh, but one of the unique things that we do here at the firehouse, we have Jay come in, you know, once a month, basically give us a good word. And yep. give a guy's opportunity to talk to him uh, if they need counseling for anything, any kind of calls that we had previous. He makes himself available. So I right. think, yep. I think as far as something that's noteworthy to say that the one of the biggest things that sets us apart from everybody else is that opportunity for your members, mm-hmm. you know, to have that. And he's uh, he's not only there for us as a group. Uh, there's been numerous occasions where we just reach out to him. You go, hey Jay, you know, want to talk about this specific incident? It may not even be something that we see out on the streets, you know, on the calls. It may be something that's going on in our personal lives. It's kind of a, a, a big thing. And again, we're all human beings just like the rest of you. And ha- having that, that go-to guy, someone that you can lean on his shoulder and just, he's the guy to listen, you know. He'll, he'll listen to no matter what it is, what you got going on. He's, uh, he's always there for you. And he may not recognize it or realize it because we don't really talk about it outside of here. But uh, one of those guys that plays a big role in what we do. Yeah, and him volunteering his time just like everybody else, yep. you know, it's, Absolutely. it's amazing. And the history of this firehouse, I mean, we're coming up coming up on a big number yep. for for the Cows Fire Department. Um, we started, what, in 1921? Yep. Officially, I, I guess you'd say. Yep, yep. Um, and here, 2021's coming, so we're going to have we're a 100-year. Celebrate, year, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. 100, 100 years of, of service to our community. It's a, it's a big landmark for us. We look back on our history and... Obviously, it was if it wasn't for what if it wasn't for what was established back in the day, we wouldn't be where we are today and in the position that we are. Right, the guys before us. Right, I absolutely. Mean, could all I, I wish that we had a, had this had a recording, yep. you know, from yep. back then. Yep. A lot of things have changed in a hundred years: equipment, um, tools, mm-hmm. the people, the mindset. I mean, even twenty twenty, we had COVID that changed everything. Our response, or you know. What do you think is one of the biggest changes that we've seen in the last hundred years? Um, one of the biggest changes in the last hundred years, you know, I'll I'll say morale. I mean, that that may be more of a localized one for me in my my younger years of service, but the morale, and, and I speak for Cots Fire Department specifically, uh, the department I came from before this. You know, we were uh, we were all buddies. You know, the the brotherhood was a big thing. But uh, once we got out, once I got out here, it uh, it kind of changed 
a little bit. We went from buddies to being actual brothers, family. You know, we, we would go to our friends' houses, you know, our, our other firefighters' houses for dinner. Would help them on numerous projects. Uh, would all come up to the firehouse. Would do anything. I mean, we're, everybody plays a huge, huge role in this place. Anywhere from someone that we need a, a door touched up with paint to uh, light bulbs out on one of the rigs. The chainsaw needs to be serviced. Anything. Uh, kind of getting back on track with the morale. We're we're able to come in the firehouse and feel like we're a part of it. No matter who you are, where you came from, we always try to treat everybody like like you're you're one of our family members and the door is always open, phones are always open. I've had phone calls at two, three in the morning for specific things and you know, it could be fire related, it could not be fire related, it could be just someone needing a hand with something or someone to talk to. Huge sense of community. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Huge sense of community. And I mean, the guys that are doing it want for free. And mm-hmm. so right there, you already know that these guys are committed to the community they live in, committed to each other. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a pretty strong bond, yep. pretty strong bond. And we're always looking for volunteers, always. right? I mean, absolutely. it seems they say uh, the last report I read, they said approximately 70% of all the fire departments in the United volunteer. States anyway yep. are volunteer. And uh, I know there's always this, you know, back and forth between career guys and volunteer guys and but in reality of it is we have the same certifications. Absolutely. Same yeah. trainings, same equipment. The only difference is is their municipality that they're in needs that coverage full time to yep. where they're going to need a guy. You yep. know, um, Here, we're, we, we respond from the house, respond from the baseball games. Yep. You know? So when we're looking to have somebody become a volunteer, become a member here at the mm-hmm. firehouse, what are some of the qualities you're looking at? Do you, you want them to come in with certs already? Um, Not necessarily. Uh, what I look for is a character in a person, somebody that has good qualities. Obviously, we don't want anybody that's got a, a severe criminal record. Uh, that's kind of bad juju for us because because we are a family. You know, we're the ones that our community welcomes us into their house no matter what. They're welcoming us into their house on their absolute worst day to come and help them with whatever problem that they may be having. It yeah, could be yeah. anywhere from a water leak to uh, their their. Spouses having a cardiac arrest. With a lot yeah. of them, with a lot of them were strangers, perfect strangers. Absolutely. And we walk in and or to a car accident mm-hmm. or to a, a call at home where it might involve a child, and yep. they're handing the most important thing of their life to a right perfect stranger. You know. Yep. So we want to make sure that we have people that follow along with our morals and our Absolutely. our ways of looking at. But the, we do send them to academies. Mm-hmm. Um, we do an interview process. We do a background check. Absolutely. You touched on the the academy. We send everybody to Indiana District One Fire Academy, which is held up at the Max Center in Velpo. Pretty much your your best instructors in Northern Indiana come together and take somebody that's brand new into the fire service that doesn't even know what a pike pole is or a uh, a nozzle on a hose and teaches them everything. It takes about six to seven months, roughly four hundred hours combined to pretty much just get them ready for day one of the fire service. It's a lot of work, and my hat's off to those guys that are able to, to teach our, our young firefighters, not even younger firefighters. It could be somebody in their 40s. You know, you don't know, but they, they dedicate their time to make sure that our people are trained well. And, and we also bring, bring the training back to us. I mean, once, once they come out of the fire academy, they know what a fire hose is. It's up to us to continue that on mm-hmm. and 
show them the way we do things. And it's not, not every department does everything the same. Mm-hmm. We're unique. Every department's unique. As one of the tones drop, we may work closely together as one, but we may not pack our hose on a truck the same way that one of our mutual aid fire companies do. And uh, the reason why we, we have a specific way we pack hose on a truck is because we've trained on it and we deploy it quicker, easy, and that's what works for us. Right. So You mentioned uh, mutual aid departments. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we do have a mutual aid uh, agreement, so if we don't have guys or don't have enough guys on staff in the area, it's a tone out to them and they come or vice versa. Yeah. We go to, to their areas. Yeah. You, you mentioned it. We may not have enough guys. It's not really enough guys all the time. It's apparatus. It's equipment. And as for Cross Fire Department, we have a very specialized piece of equipment. It's a ladder truck. There's nobody south of US-30 or east or west of US-30 that has a 75-foot aerial ladder as we do. That makes us pretty unique. We're on a mutual aid box alarm system, which uh, you mentioned earlier, Kevin. That mutual aid box alarm system, not only do we receive mutual aid, but we give mutual aid. What is mutual aid, people may ask. Uh, mutual aid is if Couts Fire Department or if the community of Couts is having a fire, that means we get multiple jurisdictions coming in to help us. Uh, for instance, if we have a fire in town, we have Morgan Township coming, Boone Grove Fire Department, Hebron Fire Department, and La Crosse Fire Department coming in initially right on that first 911 call. Uh, it, we don't wait till we get to the fire and say, holy moly, we've got a working structure fire. We're going to need all hands. And what that does is it's called auto, auto aid. We get those surrounding departments right away. If we get on scene and realize it's something that we don't need, you know, we don't need extra uh, assistance, we'll, we'll turn them around. We'd rather have more coming our way than not enough. So we're looking for this podcast to be educational for the community. Mm-hmm introduce the community to our members and let them know who's actually responding. Okay. Um, looking to have mutual aid departments possibly come in and have their representatives or members sit down and get to know them a little better. Cause awesome. I mean, they also, they come in. Yeah. They, they respond. They're, they're uh, just like us, you know, right out there for, for our community. We're even out there for their community. We're not just limiting this podcast to our firehouse and our fire members and just fire department related. We're also going to be talking with community leaders, uh, business owners, and just looking for interaction with our community and beyond. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this could be for anyone, even in, in the fire service. We're looking to bring education to the community and value to the fire service. Yep. Uh, also, we, we get to preserve some of the stories from our guys. Um, uh, like we started in 1921 and being able to have conversations with them or hear the conversations with them would be priceless right now. Absolutely. To see the mindset, to understand what they went through and compare, you know. So that's kind of what we're doing to bring this podcast to everybody. Uh, And to have your support and the support of the members is phenomenal. So, you know, we talk about some of our community outreach. Uh, Here recently we teamed up with Brisket and Bones. Uh They kind of approached us and said, hey, we'd like to do a fundraiser for you. Uh, and just uh, is there any specific equipment that you're looking to purchase or that you obviously need? And uh, our, our need was at the time getting some extrication gloves for everybody, the gloves that we wear when we go out to a motor vehicle crash and we're 
dealing with sharp objects, you know, it's part of our personal protective gear. Some of our gloves were old, tattered, and, you know, we kind of started off small there and said, hey, yeah, let's, you know, we're very grateful that you gave us the opportunity to be involved with, with your business. And it kind of started off with, hey, why don't you guys, you know, just bring a fire truck parking in a parking lot. And I said, well, hey, you're kind of doing us a, a, a big solid. Why don't we help you out? Can we come in and, you know, help you prepare your meat and get everything going? So we ended up going in, in there, and the owner, Matt, was uh, was awesome to work with. We set up, obviously, uh, almost an assembly line of, of meats that he cooked the, the morning of. That way it was nice and fresh for everybody that came to support us. And, you know, myself, a couple other members, we were in there cutting up the meat to his standard and... Uh, we had guys out there that were that were cleaning tables as people were leaving, and obviously with the whole COVID thing, you know, we we had to wear our masks and and so on and so forth. Make sure we had our PPE on, and um, it, it was great. We we ended up being able to do a lot more than just buying buying gloves for for each of our guys for uh, our personal protection. We were able to get enough funds to also purchase a set of Rescue 42 struts. And, and what those are is if you were to be in a car accident and your car was on, on its roof or on its side or maybe even just wedged up against another vehicle uh, to where it was unsafe for us to pull you out of the vehicle without having some sort of uh, cribbing. And cribbing, obviously, is what we use to stabilize, stabilize vehicles. So those struts rescue 42s we were able to purchase those with uh the graciousness of brisket and bones helping us out and a lot of the businesses out here um firehouse subs there's a lot yeah. of businesses that have grants or have opportunities for us to get donations mm -hmm. or to get money for equipment mm -hmm. um the community support is absolutely amazing we send out our letter drive yeah i was going to uh, say that our letter drive and this year specifically with covid we were all like oh boy you know, our, our little drive may be down a little bit because of people not working or, or whatever the case is, and it was substantial. We put out in our letter drive for this year, 2020, that we were looking to purchase a new set of extrication jaws, jaws of life, and uh, we were able to secure the funds for that from our community. Uh, not uh, There may be departments out there that don't do that or that they don't get that kind of support from their community and we are very lucky to have that um you know we can get a donation anywhere from five dollars all the way up to five hundred dollars even more right and ev know. every every donation that we receive is huge for oh, us every, because every, every donation counts i mean there's no doubt about right. that it's uh you know you do what you can afford i guess and right. and whatever you you feel is appropriate and and it's it's sub substantial the support that we have um and to turn around and, and help the community out. You know, and it's the little things. You even mentioned about pa passing popsicles out. People see us out there doing that, you know, and, and realizing that we're volunteers. We come in, you know, we, we hurry up eating our dinner just so we can get out before the sun goes down, you know, to go pass out these popsicles or to do a quick drive-by birthday party, you know, or birthday parade for somebody. Um, it's pretty awesome. It really is. And it, it, the, the biggest part of that is the volunteers that – we have that want to do that. You know, it's that drive, it's that integrity that, that we have, the honor of supporting our fire department 
and doing what we do. And that's that's probably one of the another driving reasons why we're trying to do this podcast is one they they give us so much support. We understand that they may not know what an engineer does. They right. may not know what uh, a lieutenant does or a captain or an assistant chief or what our trainings are like or even what you go through day to day or even what it was like, you know, uh, 30 years ago, 100 years ago. This mm-hmm. is our opportunity to, one, introduce the community to us and, and what happens inside the firehouse. You know? yep. And hopefully with that, knowing and getting more comfortable with it, if there's somebody that was looking to join, was a little apprehensive to join, didn't really know if they should. I mean, right. they get to know who we are, you yeah. know, and coming through that door is the hardest thing. I mean, I, when I filled an application, um, you you answered the door, I kind of knocked on it, you know, got an application and uh, snuck it in the mailbox, but it was hard. It was hard to get out of yeah. the truck and come up to the door and offer up myself, you yep. know. So th- hopefully this will give another way to bring that person to being a little more comfortable, yep. you know, knowing us. Yep. Absolutely. You know, it, it just in a normal job, I mean, this is really no, no different than a normal job application. There, there's no difference. You, you, you fill out an application, you submit it to us. We have a review board. We review it. We look at it. We call you back for an interview if we like what we see. Um, if we like the qualities that, that we see within you, you know, bring it to our membership board and uh, pretty much vote you on. And with that being said, you're, you're one of us, you know. We are held to a very high standard, and, and I, as a fire chief, I, I hold our whole entire department to that standard. So as, as a fire department and a fire chief and a volunteer fireman, a career fireman, it doesn't matter what walk of life you are, what job you have. We have engineers, um, and, I, and I don't mean engineers as far as driving the trucks. I'm talking engineers that are um, operator engineers out of locals, laborers like myself. Yep, structure uh, engineers. Structure. You're, yep. you're an electrician. I mean, you, yep. you do electrical work. Um we got guys on just about every walk of life that would join a fire department and help. But when you come into the firehouse, um, you're held to a certain standard, mm-hmm. not, not by the community standard. I mean, there is a, a community standard, right. what they expect. There is a, a standard on yourself, but mm-hmm. there's also a standard here that's established. I know at Couch fire department, mm-hmm. as far as what's expected right. and, and what we should do. Can you talk a little bit about... Yeah, we could touch on that. Uh, pride, honor, and integrity. There's right. three key points right there. We pride ourselves on what we do for the community. Um, we honor those in the past. When you're held to a higher standard at the firehouse, it, it doesn't start with just the chief or the captains or the lieutenants or the engineers or the firemen. It's, it's, we know, and quite honestly, if you really think about it, we know that the people that are looking at us, um, the... The future of the firehouse stands less than two feet tall. So if we can comfortably do certain things in front of, you know, someone that's so young, a a child, like when Mm -hmm. we started, saw it, we have to uphold that moral standard, if you will. Right. And uh, what what is what is that moral standard to you as the chief of Cows Fire? What do you what do you want to hold us or keep us accountable to and yourself? Um, Yeah, you know, it's. It's the public eye. Everybody looks up to a fireman or anybody in a public service, and and morally, more so, a fireman. Uh, they look at a fireman. A kid, any kid looks at a fireman, goes, "That guy's a hero." And we we don't look at ourselves as heroes. We look at ourselves as normal normal people going out and doing normal things, doing what I do and doing what what K Bill does. It's it's normal to us, you know. Um, there are things that you know we don't 
really care to go out in the public and, and act the fools in, in our fire department um, t-shirts and, and, and our and our uniforms. We don't we don't do that. We we act appropriately when we have our uniforms on. And a uniform, I'm sorry, it comes from a ball cap all the way down to a class A uniform that you would see at a funeral or at a ceremony of some sort. It doesn't matter. If you're wearing our our clothing you're representative of the fire department itself. And uh, that's something that, that we really touch on a lot. And it's one of those things that, you know, we, we, we could maybe get a phone call sometime. Hey, you know, I saw one of, your, one of your guys walking into a liquor store with a T-shirt on it, and that's just not, that's not appropriate to me. It, we're, we're held to that higher standard, and I'll, I'll keep that standard as high as I can. And, you know, throw, throw a hoodie on. You know, everybody has a life outside of the firehouse, but when you're wearing our when you're wearing our, our uniform, that represents us. Absolutely, no matter where you years. are, it represents everybody from before us and after us. Yep, absolutely. And we we don't we don't want a black eye. We don't want. And there's been there's been times where you oh, know yeah. um, we, we've we've received messages. You know, from the public saying, "Hey, I can't believe this guy didn't have a mask," or right. "Hey, I, I you know this guy." turned without his turn signal or mm-hmm. you know a lot of different smaller issues and we've we've dealt with them yeah I mean, absolutely you've actually called everybody in and said hey this is what it is we got this from the community mm-hmm. um we we discuss it a lot it's mm-hmm. not just brushed away if right. we receive a complaint or a comment we, we take it very seriously right because our logo the maltese cross if you will mm-hmm. um it doesn't have you know my name, Kevin, right. doesn't have your name, Jeremy. It has Couch Fire. Right. And we got to make sure that that's kept at a higher standard, not Always. just the individual. Did a class with Chief Lansky. It's called Pride, Pride and Ownership in a Fire Service. And myself and a couple of our people took that class, and it was a big eye-opener. And it wasn't specifically to the firefighter itself. It was the way you... you uh, Carry yourself, carry present yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yep. It's the way that you present yourself, carry yourself, and, and the fire department itself. Like you mentioned before, it's about the people in the past and the people in the future. Again, we're all held to a very high standard, and it comes back to, to the honor and pride. Uh, one thing I could touch on, and we could even talk about this at one point, is our fire trucks. You won't walk into our firehouse and see our fire trucks dirty. Absolutely. That is Absolutely. that is one of my biggest things. And you know, growing up in a fire service, you know, I don't go to numerous fire stations. Not, I don't want to say I look down on people with dirty fire trucks, but the way you look is ultimately the job that you're going to do. Absolutely. And if you come looking like a slob. You, you, there's a chance, there's a chance you may do sloppy work. Um, we can roll into uh, some of our dress codes. We're not allowed to wear cutoffs on a fire scene. Why? Right. Because we don't want to show up looking like we just got done working underneath a vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, twisting a wrench. A lot of guys, we, we wear, or we have spare t-shirts here at the, at the station on our rack. Again, it's the appearance. The appearance, you look professional, you're going to act professional. Right. Damn. I mean, if you if you got a dirty, dirty fire truck, I mean, there's chrome on a truck for a reason. Right. They're they're shiny. They're they're sparkly. They mm-hmm. you know they have lights, sirens. Mm-hmm. There's there's a reason for it. Yep. And if you cover all that up with dirt, I mean, that's just who you're portraying yourself to be. Right. You know, yep. you you even look like uh, the big rigs on the on the 
on the highway. If they're dirty, they're going to get pulled over first because the troopers, they look at them as saying, okay, well, their, their stuff's not in order. Right. You know, they're the ones who's going to get the attention of the bad attention. Mm-hmm. So we wanted ourselves to look sharp. I mean, just like when you're going to church on Sunday, you don't, you don't wear cutoffs. And, right. And you wear your best, yep. you know, and we always want to be our best yep. all the time. Absolutely. Pride and ownership. There it is. The ownership that we take to make sure that the equipment, our fire station is well-maintained, everything is a reflection of the job that we do. Chief, I want to say thanks for uh, sitting down and talking with me, Yep. introducing yourself to the community and everyone that's listening. Absolutely. And thanks for having me and uh, look forward to doing many more of these. And I know the whole COVID thing is kind of putting a, a little damper on our firehouse being open to the public all the time. But if you see the fire trucks out, garage doors open, you're always more than welcome to stop in and see us. We love, we love uh, seeing the community showing kids fire trucks, and even at that, the adults fire trucks. Pretty cool. Absolutely. Well, Chief, again, thanks. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. You've been listening to the Couch Fire Podcast. This was episode 01, where we interviewed Jeremy Kettler, the fire chief here at Couch Fire. If you're looking for more information about the Couch Fire Department, head on over to couchfire.com. You can find us on your favorite social media platform just by searching for Couch Fire. Tell your family, tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast and help us get it out to the community. We look forward to bringing you more content, more episodes. Make sure you hit subscribe and head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Thanks again. Talk to you next time.